So you're growing the company rapidly. It was number 44 on Inc., fastest growing companies. How do you balance that with family and relationships? You don't. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. You don't. <laughs> I remember just one time I was in class and the professor brought up, you know, you're going you're gonna to graduate soon, you're going to get your degree, and then you're going to go and get a job. And when he said that, it was just like, literally at that moment, I was like, what the f- am I doing here? Mm. Don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. Uh, what do you think of Andrew Tate, though? Because that's a whole nother level. <laughs> I think he's a, a dumbed down version of Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Welcome to the Digital Social Hour, guys. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my guest today, Mo Falah. How are we doing? Doing well, man. How are I'm you? In, uh, I'm good. I'm in your city. You're in my city. 305. Yeah. You just moved here, right? A couple months ago. How is it? It's the best. Yeah? Yeah. I lived here in 2018, and uh, I left because uh, I went to go build my company. Mm. So, But I've ever since, like literally since the day I left, I've wanted to come back. Mm. And uh, we opened up an office here recently, so... Uh, gave me the good opportunity to make it here. Absolutely. Let's dive right into it. Um, so was this company your first journey in the entrepreneur space or were you doing stuff before? So, so I've, I've always kind of been entrepreneurial before it was cool, before I even knew what it was. Uh, the idea of like getting a job and getting paid to do something never made sense for me. Mm. Um, what always made sense to me was if I could buy something for 10 and sell it for 15, I can make that five. Right. That always made sense to me. Um, growing up, like when I was asked like, what do you want to be when you grow up? There was never a job description. There was mm-hmm. never an idea of it. It was just like, I just want to be like successful. Right. That's it. So, um, and I just found my way always winning on margin. Yeah. Dude, you've come a long way. When I first met you, you were one year into the company and I think you had 20 million in sales. Yeah. 28 and a half. 28 yeah. and a half. And yeah. now you're at over nine figures, right? Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you, I guess let's take it year by year. The first year, how did you even get to 28 million? Um, I mean, belief. Uh, it was it was when COVID hit. So mm-hmm. it was 2020 when COVID hit, and everyone was panicking. And it was like, you know, Grant Cardone's a big mentor of mine, and mm-hmm. something he said that I told my entire my team uh, it was like, when everybody contracts, you expand. It's like the perfect opportunity for you to expand when everyone's contracting. And at that time, there wasn't like a crazy amount of leadership in in the United States. Everybody was kind of cowering and contracting and i was like we're not gonna let this thing get in our way first of all it was my i was three months into starting my company mm-hmm. and i was like i'm not gonna let this thing fall because of some virus you know mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm just not gonna allow that to be the reason why i fail and so i just pushed i pushed heavy and i i, I kind of ignored everything and i was just getting loud i was like hey like has your job displaced you have you not do you, do you not have work do you not like working in your office anymore are you are you having to lo- relocate find new new work and um I just kept on pushing and promoting like a ton of promotion of opportunity and and freedom and, and earning great income mm. and uh, a lot of people got attracted to that and and i just kept pushing despite everybody else was kind of contracting i just kept pushing and making a lot of noise and promoting promoting the company and um yeah i mean it's all door-to-door we've never spent a dollar on ads we've right. done over 100 million 100 organic door-to-door That's crazy and yeah. this is solar right mm-hmm. yeah so from year two, you went from 28 to how much? Uh, it's 72. 72. So you doubled pretty much mm-hmm. second year. And mm-hmm. was that just more of the same thing you were doing? Yeah, it was more of the same thing. Um, bringing great people, you know, having great leaders. We expanded. Now we're in four different markets. So mm-hmm. L.A., Houston, Tampa, and Miami. Um, having great leaders that actually care about the vision and are aligned with you. And 
them, you know, really, really just caring about the company, caring mm-hmm. about, you know, great. I think, I think you don't have to wear, like have a C title to be an executive mm-hmm. and an executive is somebody who's competent, can see things through to an end and cares about not only themselves or the employees, but also the company. And mm-hmm. so like you have to be able to, to care about both and you can't be too one-sided on either way. Um, and if you care about the growth of the company and you care about the growth of the people, both collectively, you you make for a great executive. And I think that anyone who can run and manage a team has the qualifications and abilities to be an executive. And so we empower the team leaders in our organization to really treat it like it's their business. They get to make, you know, we don't micromanage the way that they do things. They have authorities on being able to make decisions for themselves. You know, we give them guidance on, you know, what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we let them go out there and we let them try and fail. And if they fail, we come in, we provide coaching and correction, but we really let them treat it like it's their own business Mm. and they get to plug into our platform and we provide all the support and resources. So uh, I think, I think bringing in really, really great people. And, you know, after the first year we were like, holy crap, like we did something pretty, pretty big. Mm -hmm. Um, We just kept on adding more power into that. Mm. And I think, uh, I think that's what helped us grow even bigger. I like what you mentioned about caring about people because I feel like a lot of solar companies are just a numbers. It's a numbers game for them, but you really care about your team. I see you doing team building activities all the time. Uh, you even just went on a yacht and took them all out, right? Mm-hmm. And last year, I think you went to Colombia or somewhere with them. Uh, so we did Peru. We did a charity trip to Peru. Peru went, built an orphanage there. Took uh, fifteen team members, um, made the donations on their behalf. Took them there. We've done, uh, we've done the Virgin Islands. We've done Tulum. We've done Cabo. We've done. Um, you know, where we Breckenridge, we just did Breckenridge, we did Yosemite, we've done a bunch of things because, you know, bringing the team together and, ha- you know, it's not like making money is freaking, it's cool, right? But it's like, if you don't have great people that you can spend time with and enjoy, enjoy those moments with, it's like, you know, having relationships is just so freaking important. And mm. when you're able to not only make money, but also have great relationships and experiences with people. It's like, dude, nothing tops that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd rather, like, I, I'd rather have a great community around me and less money than a crap ton of money, but nobody to, to spend my time with. Interesting. So where would money rank on your list? Uh, and what's the list? Let's say like family, friends, food, whatever, like thing, important things in life. I mean, the reason I, I, I make money is for food. So Facts. <laughs> I love food, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, money's very important. It is really important. But uh, I think I think relationships probably is number one. Okay. Um, relationships is number one. Uh, I think I think family is probably number two. And when I say family, it doesn't necessarily I don't necessarily mean like your parents, your brothers, your sisters. Um, I think more of family that you create, mm. which would be your spouse, your girlfriend, your husband, wife, okay. uh, and then your children. Like, so you put relationships, friendships before your significant other? Um, relationships, they kind of fall in, they fall in together. Got it. Got yeah. It, got it's it. just, it's relationships that you have with people. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then family, like the family that you create, um, but relationships, I mean, they, they, they're all kind of, it's similar. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of similar, but you know, if I, if I had a family today, if I had children today and a wife and all that, that, that'd probably rank first. Right. But right now I don't have that. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're growing the company rapidly. It was number 44 on Inc. Fastest mm-hmm. growing companies. How do you balance that with family and relationships? You don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. You don't. You, <laughs> you can't. You know, uh, balance comes after, right? Mm. Temporary imbalance to create long-term balance. Right. So you're sacrificing your time now to get it back later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trading, trading, you know, it's the same thing that I do with money. So, like, 
you trade your time now for more time later yeah. and you trade your money now for more money later. Right. So the further I can push my money out into the future, the better it ultimately is because money tomorrow is worth more than money today. Mm. What do you mean by that? Like, you know, if I can take if I can take two hundred thousand dollars today, you know, it serves me two hundred thousand dollars today. But if I can go invest that and place it somewhere where in maybe let's call it five years comes mm-hmm. and spits out, you know, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right. That's more valuable. Got it. Have your money work for you. Of course. So you went to college. I'm curious what your experience was like and if you would go back knowing what you know now. Um, you know, I, I went to college for a couple of years. I dropped out, I think, like three years in. Uh, full ride um, tuition. My, my father was a professor, so he was an academic. Oh, okay. Yeah, so didn't have to pay for my tuition or anything like that. Um, there was a there was a period where I don't remember what kind of class that I was in, but um, there was I was already making good money. I was I was I was in real estate. I was doing wholesaling. I was flipping cars. You know, anything I could get my hands on, I was I was doing to flip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making like you know I was probably like nineteen twenty years old, and I was already making you know a six figure income. And there was a professor that brought up, um, I remember just one time I was in class and the, brought up, the professor brought up, you know, you're going you're gonna to graduate soon, you're going to get your degree, and then you're going to go and get a job. And when he said that, it was just like, literally at that moment, I was like, what the f- am I doing here? Mm. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in getting a job and going and working for someone. And I'm already making, you know, a six-figure income at this point, just mm-hmm. scrambling around trying to flip whatever I can. I was already doing you know fairly well for a 19 20 year old right um and i was you know i was making more than some of the college professors and you know there's this there's this other line that sticks with me and it's like don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with and a lot of these individuals were just not people who i would want to trade places with like i have huge goals and aspirations and if they've never done it before why would i listen to them right interesting and when you were doing solar door to door i mean you're getting denied all the time. Was that like, was that a toll on you mentally, <clears throat> or were you just embracing no, it? No, no. I mean, it's 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 all part of the numbers, right? Like, like let's say you, let's say it takes you fifty no's to get a yes, mm-hmm. and that yes pays you ten thousand bucks, for example. Mm-hmm. Every time someone says no to you, you're getting paid two hundred bucks. Mm. So I was just I was like calculating every time someone said no to me, I'd be like, yeah, two hundred bucks. If I knock on the door and they open it, not interested, close it. I'm like, fastest two hundred bucks I ever made. <laughs> so it's it's there's safety in numbers, right? Mm. Like the more numbers you do, the more cold calls you make, the more people you interact with, the you're you're safe. Mm. But if you're if you keep your numbers low, you're you're, just, you're unsafe. You're you're playing way too much of a risky game. So the thing for me, it was never. It was never any like crazy talent that I have. I'm not, you know, some some. I'm not super great at technology or software or really understanding things. I I'm a super super hard worker. Mm-hmm. I don't give up, and I think it's my grit is what ultimately allowed me to go. Like I just I just work so freaking hard. I wish mm-hmm. you know I wish I had the talent of of you know Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Like I wish I had that type of talent. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I I don't have what they have. I just can freaking work you got the work ethic that's it it's right. the, it's really it's the work ethic it's the grit and like never letting anything get in your way mm. so well, um so yeah i mean like no it's not even really rejection it's just that's just part of the game right that's just that's just it what was your go-to line when you were doing door-to-door uh yeah well, what's my this go-to was a line? while ago <laughs> yeah uh, 
I'll knock on the door. So so we use software. We use software that tells us the the name of the of oh the really yeah so Whoa. yeah so it's um it's public record public information okay so so you click on the home it has the address shows their credit score their income no way. Uh, yeah everything wow so so you knock on the door and it says the last name so like you knock and you step away and you go hey is this the uh is this the Jones residence and you know when you communicate like that and your tone is a certain way it sparks curiosity mm. so curiosity one and two it's like there's authority figure there how do i know that their last name is jones i'm not just some random door-to-door knocker right right i if i know this person's last name it's probably something important why i'm there be like yeah so the reason i'm stopping by is just a little bit different mm-hmm. that's just my opening line it's just a little bit different because what it does is it just captures their attention i know their last name uh I'm here for something a little bit different and I'm just I'm trying to capture their attention and spark curiosity. If you can keep somebody curious about something, mm-hmm. you can keep them engaged. Like, you know, if if that's why that's why, you know, you think of an animal, you think of a cat. If there's a, a loud bang that happens in another room, your cat's gonna get up and it's like gonna try and figure out what the heck is that. It's because curiosity is what sparks people to move forward down a path. Right. And so my whole entire goal is to keep them curious. Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. If someone pulled up to my house and knew my name, I'd be definitely curious. Like, yeah, is this, yeah, is this the Kelly yeah. president? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what are you doing here? Yeah, and who, I like who, who are you? you know? <laughs> I like solar because it's a win-win. Honestly, you're, you're you're helping them save money. The only people who lose is the utility company. Yeah, it's the only people who lose. And that I don't I don't mind them losing. Yeah. I mean, they already have a ton of money. <laughs> they do. I mean, like you're giving you're giving power back. You're giving power back to the people. You're yeah. giving money back to the people. There's there's no possible way that when someone signs up that you can hurt their situation unless you lie to them. Right. Like if you the if you keep if you just tell the truth, they will buy. Right. If yeah. you if you if you lie, like, you know, they'll probably buy too, but then they'll be, end up in a worser situation yeah. you just you don't have to lie yeah it's an easy sell i yeah. mean you're saving the money in the long run H- after how many years would you say they're breaking even uh most of the time year one what like day one? Oh, that's a no-brainer then. yeah so it's like because we finance it right we'll, oh. fi- we'll finance it over 25 years they don't have to put any money down um if they're paying 200 bucks a month for their electricity or they'll pay 150 bucks to own the solar yeah it's so a no-brainer. Day, day one savings they own the asset payments never go up it's equity if they sell the house they transfer it just like they transfer the utility bill um, increase the home value doesn't increase your property taxes it's like there, there's no way you can possibly hurt someone's situation and they're That's saving money immediately yeah one of my best friends in jersey growing up had solar panels and he was like the only one in my town mm-hmm. and everyone thought he was crazy i don't know you're from jersey yeah that's cool you from there no ohio oh, okay. well toronto i was born in toronto but i grew up in ohio okay yeah what states excite you for solar like any upcoming states are you sticking with the four you got now? Yeah, we're, well, we're in the we're in the top three states. So, so Florida, Florida, Texas, and Cali for the last four years in a row were the top three. Okay, um, that's where we're at. There's a lot of inventory and you know, a lot of sunlight. Yeah, um, those three are really great. Um, I think that I think that the Northeast is super underrated and untapped mm-hmm. like the tri-state area massachusetts massachusetts connecticut rhode island yeah like those three right there i think there's a ton of promise mm. um you know the government provides s which What's is uh a solar solar renewable energy credit and uh-huh. basically uh for every so so solar is measured in kilowatt hours right so for every thousand kilowatt hours your system produces and th- i think there's like 15 states that offer them so every thousand kilowatt hours your system produces, the government will pay you about like let's call it two hundred fifty bucks mm. for every every thousand kilowatt hours you produce. So average system there produces um, 
let's call it ten thousand. And that so goes to the owner. Goes to the homeowner. Okay. So they get and, and it lasts for ten years. Whoa. So homeowner going solar, they're going to get twenty five thousand bucks from the government, paid in twenty five hundred bucks a year. Wow. And then they're going to get thirty percent tax credit. So the government's going to pay them, you know, let's call it. $25,000. So you can get 50,000 bucks back literally just for going solar and your system is going to cost you, I don't know, like 55 to 60 K. Dude, that's a no brainer. It's, it's yeah. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. That's crazy. Like, dude. like a, a $60,000 system, a homeowner is getting it for 10,000 bucks. Wow. Nevada has got to be a good market, right? Uh, I think Nevada was, was better than it is now. The, uh-huh. the utility company doesn't buy the electricity back at the same rate. Oh, Southwest gas. Yeah. They got a monopoly out there. Yeah. They're like the only energy company there. Yeah. Envy energy as well. Yeah. 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 Um, you sold the company, right? I did 60% of it. What was that process like? Uh, probably the hardest thing i've ever done really yeah, tremendously difficult yeah how come um you know it took me from start to finish it took about eight months whoa to go through all the um, due diligence and the hard thing is is like you know going through mna it was my first time ever doing and thankfully you know i had a really great team to support me um it's like a full-time job mm. go, just going through mna and having to collect everything and be in conversations and communicate with investors and explain why certain things are happening and while i'm doing all of that it's very emotional too because at any moment they could just be like oh no pull right. out and you're so invested in, in in getting something done and you're so excited and it's like there's so much emotional like turbulence that goes through that but on top of having to navigate that i also have to consistently make sure that the company's producing and going up step right. month over month over month because anytime it could go down it could raise a flag Affect and the valuation of course right. absolutely and so so i had to continue to push my company for a nine-month period to just keep doing better every single month while also and that's i mean that's hard that's alone very hard. it's very hard i mean i've got 130 people in the company yeah so it's very difficult to do that on top of putting all of your attention it's, i was just doing two full-time jobs at once yeah, and two like stressful. and two very like mentally draining, mentally exhausting full-time jobs right. at once. But it probably ended up paying off. <laughs> it, it was great. Yeah, we were the first uh, We're the first solar sales-only org because we were sales-only, right? We don't do our installs. Right. So we're the first solar sales-only org to get acquired. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did they approach you or did you approach them? I approached them. Interesting. It was at the, um, what's it called? Avengers, you know, Avengers Mastermind. Yeah. yeah, it was at the Avengers Mastermind. I saw this guy speaking on stage. It was in Carlsbad. And he was just a broker, and he talked about, you know, buying and selling businesses. And he said, you know, well, you know, you, you come in, you get a, you can get an investor, and it can that person knows how to do things better than the current CEO. Mm-hmm. And that person can take the company to way higher levels. And at that moment, just something that had a cognition in my head. I went to Dan Fleischman afterwards, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to sell Simple Solar. And he's like, that's cool. And, <laughs> you know, Dan just very like, yeah. like yeah, that's cool. He's, he's like, always so level headed. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I'll connect you to a couple of people if you want. You know, <laughs> just the, the super connector. I know a few companies he's helped sell. Yeah, like big ones. Yeah, so so I had it. Yeah, um, and I just had that cognition of of doing it, and uh, we brought in a new CEO, which is awesome. So nice. I no longer the CEO. I just focus on what I do best, which is sales, and so I just get to work with my sales team pretty much all the time. And it's awesome. It's a better it's a better fit for me. Yeah, because you were probably juggling so many hats as CEO, probably doing everything. And I could do everything, but not everything like really well. Right. You know, I was doing just enough to be acceptable right. as CEO. Well, that's amazing. That just shows the power of masterminds. I mean, you just mm-hmm. sold a nine-figure company by attending a mastermind. That's incredible. Literally, yeah. Would have never. I mean, would have never just had that thought unless I saw somebody talking about it, and I was like, "Huh, let's yeah, let's do it." And that guy helped you find the buyer. Uh, Dan, the guy that spoke on stage. No, no, no. Um, I do you know Do Wealth? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I hit them. They 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 manage all my stuff for oh, me. Oh, sick. Yeah, so I hit them up and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about selling the company. And then they they went and built a pitch deck for Simple Solar. They went and pitched it to a bunch of different people. And then they're like, hey, I think we found someone. Wow. And that's that insane. It. Yeah, you invest a lot in your education and your networking. You've also paid Grant Cardone half a million dollars mm -hmm. to be mentored by him. Mm -hmm. w would you say that was a good move? It was. Yeah. I mean, like, this is a thing. Like, whether... You know, whether it's a good move or not, it's like every decision that I made got me to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I'm super happy and grateful for where I'm at. Um, so it's like you can't I don't think you can really look back and be like, oh, it was a bad decision. Because if you're happy with where you're at in your life, mm -hmm. then, you know, how could something be a bad decision? Mm. If it got you to somewhere, if it got you a different result that you never had before. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, uh I'm, I'm happy about it. I've made a great connection. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned a ton. I've learned a lot about myself. Right. Um, and, it, and I just got me to think bigger. That's awesome. What were some key things Grant Cardone told you that you were really opened your eyes? Um, you know, there was a time I lost, uh, I lost 50% of my company overnight. Just I had some people in my company that um, uh, I think ego got in the way. Okay. And um, aside from ego getting in the way, there were things that, I could have done better as a leader that I neglected to do. Mm. And I wasn't able to get on common, common ground with some people. Okay. Um, and they ended up leaving. They ended up leaving, starting their own thing. And uh, it was my first time ever losing that many people. It was like, you know, it was, it was like 50 people overnight. Wow. And uh, literally overnight. I was like, whoa, uh, reality check. And I, I hit him up and um, we got on a Zoom call. And he said, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, one day, we said, one day you're going to lose 500 people overnight. He's like, you just got to 10x your problems. He's like, you just got to have bigger problems. He's like, the, the, the problem is that you had was that he's like, you just don't have enough people. He's like, if you had enough people, he's like, losing 50 wouldn't matter to you. Mm. And so it just, it just got me like thinking bigger. Um, there was a time where, there was a time where I was like really concerned about tax. I was spending a lot of time on, on taxes and trying to figure out like best plays for taxes. And he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, you don't have like, he's like, you don't have a $500,000 tax problem. He's like, you need to be thinking like, how do you how do you pay five million dollars in taxes? Mm. And I was like, like I'm focused on the wrong target. Right. Like I'm putting my attention on like the expenses and the taxes, and I'm not putting my attention on the income. Because I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would rather spend five million in taxes than five hundred thousand. Right. That means you're doing quite a bit you're more. Making more yeah. You're making way way more. Yeah, way way more. Yeah, that's crazy. I liked what he did with the jet purchase to write off the taxes out yeah. here on December thirty first. Yeah, that was genius. <laughs> yeah. He was like the first person that I saw do that, and now yeah. everyone's doing it. Yeah. He's great. He's a he's a good dude. What do you think of all the hate he gets? It's required. It's required. Yeah, it's required. It's in, you know, if you if there's there's this quote that uh, there's a quote that I saw is like if you wanna, um, you probably know it. I can't think of it exactly, but it's like if you if you don't want anyone to talk <laughs> on you, then uh, don't do say, anything. Say, say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. Be nothing. Yeah, right. it's like yeah. If you want. If you want to avoid the hate, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Mm -hmm. But as you grow, you're just you're automatically going to get people. It's just it's it's a it's like a prerequisite to <laughs> success. Yeah, you're not successful unless you get some hate. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And the more I mean, and hates hates just like a twisted version of love. And they're not hating on you; they're more so hating on themselves that mm. they gave up. It's a problem that they have with themselves. It's not a problem with you at all. Mm. It's never a problem about you. It's a problem about themselves 
that they're angry that they just didn't do it themselves and they don't know how to accept responsibility for that and so they like to shove and push blame onto others that's deep bro yeah i never thought of it that way but that's facts like they don't have a problem with you no they don't know you no not at all and it, you know, if, if you probably met them they'd probably really like you probably there's <laughs> you know? guys i meet online or in person that have that persona online of flexing and stuff and they're always the nicest dudes mm -hmm. they're just doing it for branding mm-hmm like they're flexing the cars, flexing the jets. But when you meet them, they're a good dude. They're family oriented. Chill, like yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh, what do you think of Andrew Tate though? Because that's a whole nother level. <laughs> uh, I think he's. Uh, I, I like him. You like him? I do. He just got out of jail. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I think he's good. I think he's gonna bring out some fire content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have you got three months alone in a single <laughs> room. You're gonna, especially if you're a guy like that, you're gonna think of some stuff to yeah. to say. Um, you know. He says it how it is. Um, he says it how it is. He's he's very direct. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the opinions of of others. And I think he inspires a lot of people. I mean, he's. I think I think he says a lot of really really great things. He inspires a lot of, especially in this world that we're in today. Um, I think there's a lot of suppression mm -hmm. around um, around individuals going out there and just like making it for themselves. And and people are are often put in a position to think smaller, to do less, to create justifications for their failures and not accept responsibility for them. And I think what he does is he he kind of he just says that, says it as it is that it's just it's not acceptable to be in that position. If you want to change your life, it's up to nobody but you. Right. And and you know, I think um you know, I think <laughs> it's funny uh I think he's uh I think he's a a dumbed down version of Jordan Peterson. Mm. I see similarities now that you've said that. Jordan Peterson is very sophisticated in his communication and not everyone can understand him. Like yeah. you have to have a certain intellect level to understand him. Yeah. But he says very similar, if not the same things that Andrew Tate says. But Andrew Tate just dumbs it down so everyone can understand it. And that's why that's why Andrew Tate is bigger and yeah. more people know him because he can it's easy to understand and comprehend but him and jordan peterson say the same exact thing very similar i would love to see them on a podcast together <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious what do you think of jordan peterson getting canceled right now it's it's you know i'm i'm canadian yeah. um and i've seen a lot of things happen in canada that you know makes one not super proud of the country mm. um they shut down they shut down everything more severe than almost any country in the world yeah and uh you know it's like somebody who was very well respected and well admired um and was played on a very very placed on a very high rank was was brought down because of his beliefs mm -hmm. and it's like you know everyone's entitled to their own beliefs you know somebody can believe what you they want to believe and they should have the right and ability to communicate about what they believe because it's like, if you believe in something and you know it to be true mm -hmm. and you know it's for the betterment of society, but you you refrain from communicating that and you withhold that information for fear of what other people will think, it's like you're doing a detriment to society because if enough people... There, there are way more people that think the same way that Jordan Peterson think that just don't speak up because they're afraid of what other people are going to say. Mm. But I, I really think that you're doing a detriment to society if if you're not speaking up and 
and just being very real about what's happening. Absolutely, I agree. Mo, it's been a pleasure, man. Any closing comments? No, man. I uh, I, I appreciate you having me on here, and uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta do some badass dinner sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Where can people find you? Instagram. Follow the leader. My last name, the leader. All right. You heard it here, guys. Digital Social Hour. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. See you.